Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from today's Holy Gospel found in Luke chapter 8. Then the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is God's word. This man, possessed by demons in our gospel, was in prison, both physically and spiritually. Physically, because he was not fit to just be a regular part of society. So bad was his affliction. It says that he was bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds, be driven by the demon into the desert. He lived among the tombs. But also, of course, spiritually, he's imprisoned because so it is the demons want to do to God's children. Put them in prison and bind them. We often wonder and kind of debate if there is still demonic activity today. Indeed there is, but what it looks like, we're not quite certain. Certainly there are things that can't be explained. There are things where we suspect evil is at play paranormal things that defy logic. Perhaps people are still possessed by demons. In fact, the most famous 20th century story of demon possession was told in the movie The Exorcist. What a lot of people don't know is that that story about a little girl in Washington, D.C., where the priests came and tried to cast the demons from her, it's based on a true story, and it was actually a little boy in a Lutheran family, a Missouri Synod family, who could not find relief for their son among the Lutheran pastors, and so they brought in the Jesuit priests at St. Louis University to help them banish that demon that possessed him. We do know that the demons increased their activity around Jesus. We don't really read about demon possession in the Old Testament, although we know that a number of the angels fell when Satan was cast from heaven. A third of the angels went with him. So they've been there doing their bidding, but when Jesus comes, we see them almost more frantic and present. And so it is here. When Jesus comes and encounters this man possessed Not just by one demon, but by many, so their name is Legion. They are beside themselves. They begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. They begged him to let let them enter a herd of pigs. So he gave them permission. The demons even seek permission from Jesus because they acknowledge him. As Lord and ruler over all things, even evil. 
even evil, submits to Jesus. There's, of course, a lesson in that for you and me as Christians. Demons are indeed at work. How they're at work among us, we often can't say or can't describe. But what we do know is that they are indeed active and present wherever Jesus is found. The old saying you've probably heard me say before, but it bears repeating again here, wherever the people of God build a church, the devil builds a chapel next door. The devil is doing his most frantic work wherever God's people are found. Because God, at work in the people of God, Satan would get in the way of that and try and hinder it, try to stop it, try to break it. Try and cause the people of God to doubt what God is clearly saying. And so it went in the book of Genesis, did God really say? Or has Satan even tried with Jesus? Is it not written? Quoting scripture to our Lord Jesus. Satan indeed is at work. The demons are at work. They are at work, dear children of God, among you as well. Be sure of it. That demons are real and they seek to imprison you. To cause you to become captive to fear, doubt, greed, lust, whatever passion it is that might inflame you. The devil will use it to build a prison for you. There's no doubt we see satanic power at work in the world around us. As more and more people delight in what is evil and don't hide it, but rather celebrate it. But not just publicly, but privately as well. We are tempted. We are attacked. We see it in our families. We see it in our homes. We find it in our own hearts. That's because that's where Jesus is found. The Lord Jesus who lives in you is what invites the demons. I remember being told to me once that we don't often contemplate what it is we do to a child when we baptize them. There is truth in it that when we baptize a child, we are, in effect, inviting Satan and his minions to come after that child. Because indeed he will. He will attack the child that belongs to God. And so in a very strange way, the fact that you are attacked... That Satan does send his demons after you is a mark of faith. For it is the believer in Christ that he must come after. The others he has in his grip already. And so we who are in Christ know that Satan comes after us and our Lutheran faith actually teaches us this very well. Luther talked about the pattern of the Christian life is 
in Latin, oratio, meditatio, tentatio, that we oratio, pray and ask God to give us his Holy Spirit, that we meditatio, meditate, read God's word where that spirit is found, and then tentatio, that we are tempted. We pray, we meditate on the word of God, and then Satan attacks. He comes after us. Well, it's a cycle. And so it repeats. So what does the Christian do when Satan comes after him? He prays. She prays. And finds Jesus in the word. And Satan continues to come after the Christian, continues to come after you, and you continue to find Jesus in his word. The one who breaks the power of the devil, the one who breaks the power of the demons, and does so with his word. The one who commands the demons to come out of the possessed man. The one who sends them into a herd of pigs and rushing off a cliff. So he breaks the power of Satan and the demons in you with his word that he is mighty and powerful over all things. Mighty and powerful in his death and mighty and powerful in his rising to life from the grave. That is what breaks the devil's power. We're going to sing a hymn tonight. Marion and, and I were talking about it before the service. It's a little bit tricky one, but it is a beautiful hymn. It's our last hymn for this morning. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. And then I love that the middle three verses of that hymn are actually sung at sin, the devil, and death. When we sing that hymn, we are basically thumbing our noses and taunting sin, the devil, and death. Because baptized into Jesus, their power is broken. In Jesus, who has covered me in his blood and given me an eternity with his Father and him for all eternity, sin, death, and the devil lose their power. It's broken. And so in that hymn and in our lives, we declare, like that demon-possessed man who was freed from his prison, we declare what God has done for us, what Christ has done for us. We come to the table where God feeds us and nourishes us and breaks the devil's power. I think my favorite Martin Luther quote might be one that I come back to time and time again from the large catechism when Luther talks about Holy Communion and he says, if you could see how many knives, darts, and arrows are aimed at you every day, you would run to the sacrament as often as you could. The one who throws those knives and darts and arrows is the devil. But when you are in Christ and where he is found in your baptism, at his table, in his word, whatever the devil throws at you misses its mark because Jesus has taken those knives and darts and arrows on your behalf. 
Though Satan and all his demons surround you and buffet you and attack you day in and day out, indeed they do. Thanks be to God, Jesus is the one with power even over them. His word of love and compassion and forgiveness and hope and life arms you, equips you to endure their assault. St. Paul actually calls it an armor. In Ephesians chapter 6, when he speaks of the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, Shoes that are the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And of course, the sword of the spirit that is the word of God. Your weapon against the devil is that word. That word that holds Jesus before you and fills your mouth to declare what God has done for you. What Jesus has done for you. For you. You know, in that way, we as the church are perfectly equipped in this world where Satan flexes his muscle and uses his power and sends his demons to do his bidding. In a world filled with so much despair and so much hopelessness, what's our role? It's to declare what God has done, to declare what Christ has done. That in him, Satan's power is undone. Because even the demons submit to Jesus. Even the devil is crushed under his heel. And so, dear children of God, declare this. To the world you encounter day in and day out. That Christ is the victor over Satan and all of his forces. And in him, we find our refuge when we are wearied by the world and when the attacks of the devil seem too strong. Christ is stronger. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.